Welcome to Design Thinkers Academy London podcast, where we focus on design thinking and its role in some of the biggest issues facing society today. My name is Ben Crisp, and I'll be hosting this podcast today, focusing on the art of facilitation. Effective facilitation in the workplace has never been more important as the world navigates the vast complexities of remote working. So, for the podcast today, we speak with two expert facilitators, Arnel Koning and Susanna Osorio, who, among other things, facilitate on the Design Thinkers Academy London's open courses, including our new advanced online facilitation course. Hello, Arnold and Susanna. Hello. Hello, Ben. It's great to have you both with us today. Just to get us started, and we'll start with you, Arnold. Okay. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your background in both design thinking and in facilitation? Okay, so I learned or came across design thinking in Procter and Gamble, where I work, and uh, that was in 2008. And I basically had a big, big projects across multiple countries, and it was multi-category or more business units were involved. And I was asked, "Hey, can you apply design thinking on this project?" And uh, yeah, I remember that as still as like uh, almost with with like pink pink glasses. I have a beautiful memories of that, and I got so inspired by that that then in the course of the that next year I, I followed some trainings and I actually uh, became a facilitator myself. I had given training before, so I always enjoyed that, but I did realize that facilitation, the way I was learning it for design thinking was really something new. So then I followed several courses uh, inside Procter & Gamble and outside. And there was also other facilitation courses. So we have a, a center in, uh, in, in inside Procter & Gamble, which is called The Gym, which is based in the US. And there it's full-time facilitators that are manning that, that center. And I also followed some trainings from them. So I, I was able to bring that all together. And out of that, I, yeah, I became a trainer myself. And then I've learned a lot. So like every training I give, every session I do, I learn either from the participants or from the co-trainers. Uh, and that's what I like about facilitation. Uh, it's so interesting to see how different styles can work so well and also work so well together. And so how long have you been facilitating courses yourself? Uh, so, I mean, training since longer than that but say say that i started design thinking in 2008 it, it started in 2009 and then i really started designing facilitation courses myself in 2000 well in 2010 2011 so quite a bit and what companies have you worked with is this all based in procter and gamble or you obviously work for the design thinkers academy yes yeah, so so it, it started within within Procter and Gamble. Although there we also often had uh, external companies. So I was uh, helping out when we worked with retailers like Carrefour, uh, and then I've worked with all kinds of companies. So from luxury to more formal organizations. Uh, recently, I also been working with uh, energy companies, financial industry, kind kind of kind of broad, and also with consultancy. So it's 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 really a mixed bag. And Susanna, how about you? When did your design thinking journey start? So I'm trained as an industrial designer and design thinking is basically how designers think. So that was long ago. I started as a practitioner, so applying design thinking on different projects, first in industrial design. And gradually I started applying it to other typologies of projects as well that just came, came my way. And in terms of facilitation, I used to do it informally on projects. So, for example, ideating with other designers, so I would facilitate an ideation session or facilitating testing of the prototypes with users. 
In terms of training, I started that at the fun group, so where we actually developed a program for the whole group in design thinking, and we delivered the program across the different companies that we had within the group. So in terms of teaching design thinking to others, that's how I started entering uh, that field. And like Arnaud, as I became more of a formal facilitator, I attended uh, quite a few trainings to develop my skills and uh, learn from observing others as well. So I try to attend and still today, I really like to observe other facilitators facilitate because different people have different styles and you can learn a lot by observing styles that are very different from yours. And sometimes you can borrow some things um, if they fit your style and if you feel comfortable with that. And even if you don't, at least you are aware that there are other ways, other options of doing things and you have, you've done a lot of, you were saying in-person facilitation, but how about online as well? Because you've been part of team, well, leading, putting together Design Thinkers Academy London's online courses. How did you first get involved in online facilitation? Hmm. So um, I started, my first contacts were long ago, like sometimes attending some remote sessions with uh, people from US, for example, that I couldn't just fly in for a short, a short session. And then in the fun group, we had projects that were actually with teams, with remote teams so across different geographies. And the only way that you could find for actually working on project on a longer term project with those teams would be to get them to collaborate remotely. So that's actually the moment where I started taking more the lead on developing content and coaching teams on projects remotely. Yeah. Great. And now if we kind of talk a bit more broadly about facilitation itself, to both of you, what makes a good facilitator? Um, well, for me, one, one of the things is you have to really understand your, the, the people that you work with, so the audience. So you really have to kind of have this feel in touch. And, and in touch sounds like simple, but that's actually hard. So you should be able to read people's minds, uh, the non-verbal communication, which online is, is a bit harder, but still can be done. And really have that feeling that understanding and anticipating certain behaviors or or reactions from people so that you uh, either can adjust what you're planning to do or make sure that it fits to your audience and for me that in touch point is something that it's it's really hard to uh, to learn but at the same time if you see it work out it's it's so satisfactory so for me being in understanding that audience and being in touch for me is one of the of the main blocks of being a good facilitator I don't know what you think, Susanna. I totally agree with you. I would also add that keeping your eyes on the goal. So I've seen facilitators have too much fun with the audience and connecting so much with the audience that disconnected from the user and from the goals of the day. So balancing both is sometimes a challenge and it's something that a good facilitator is able to, to manage. So making sure that keeps everybody engaged and understands where people are and how to adapt to make sure that they follow but also making sure that all the decisions that are made throughout the workshop are rooted on user insights and are, and are actually guiding you towards the end goal, towards solving the challenge that you set in the very beginning. Although you should not lose the, the fun aspect. I think the fun aspect, and, and, and that's, it's not to make fun out of fun, but that playfulness is really crucial within design thinking. Because if you create that lightheartedness in the environment or atmosphere that you create, it really will help people to get to a flow state and really start performing and, and contribute in a way that 
can be magical. But I agree. And so you have to be careful. If, you, if you're too much of a fun person, that is a bias or, and you should be aware of that. So for me, another important part is uh, being aware of your own style and biases because it's not because you like to do things in a certain way that the rest of the group will follow that as well. So uh, you, you have to yeah, adjust some of that to, to, to the context you're working in. I totally agree. Something that I really like is to partner with facilitators that have a very different style from mine because that kind of allows me the space to be myself and worry about the things that I like to worry while the other person, I will, I will feel comfortable that the other person will be looking after the other things that I tend to lose out of sight more, uh, more easily, let's say it like that. Are there any facilitators that you yourself uh, look to um, for inspiration? Are there, do you have any favorites that you look up to and try and see what they're doing and try and learn from them still? I have some historical ones. Some of the workshops I really enjoyed. We used to, we did that was within Procter and Gamble. We used to fly somebody in from Latin America to facilitate workshops in in Europe, uh, and that was so much energy, and I was like amazing. And I, I realized how important that that person can be to to lead a group to to create that creative energy. I still, as I said before, I remember my first design thinking workshop because it was like kind of. A, uh, it was a kind of not a blur in a, in, a, in, a, in a negative way, but in a positive way. I was just taken by the hand and within five days we ended up at a place I couldn't have imagined before. And I still still think back with really good memories about it. It's like it was just that journey was so amazing that it inspired me. So I, I start to kind of dissect much later, not, not, not the, the weeks or the months after and how they did that. And that's what I've been trying to, to apply. And, and I said, some of the trainers that, that we work with on the academy as well, as Susanna said, we have all different styles. It's, it's really cool to see that. And Susanna, do you have anyone that you look to for inspiration? Mm, not one particular person, but probably a collection of a few. Very similar to what Arno was saying, like trying to see different styles. And now because everybody went online, and Zoom has been constantly updating the different features. Something that really intrigues me and I like to observe is to see how different facilitators are exploring and using those features in creative ways so that it doesn't feel always the same. So for example, using virtual backgrounds with different things, doing activities where the participants change their names. So just finding different ways of interacting and in leveraging what you have online that you don't have in person. I'm quite intrigued by that right now. So just try to observe as much as I can and borrow some things. One person, which is maybe obvious, but uh, David, the leader from the Design Thinking Academy in London, and, and what I always am amazed when he starts talking, he just captivates the whole audience. And I don't know how he still, I'm still trying to figure out how he does that. And I really like that because I think that creates a connection that really helps people to, to be fully in the zone and be there. And that is one example where I really see. I, I used to have a general manager in a business unit I worked. It was not really that he was facilitated, but the way he, he was able to, to, to create that emotional connection when he started to talk about a certain topic, that was just amazing. So I, I put them in the kind of in the same group, but I, I do think it's really important because it's that emotional connection that really helps you to, to get the most out of, of the time you spend together. Nice. And I mean, you've kind of both gone over it, but do you have any other examples on top of that of any moments that you've witnessed in your careers of facilitation moments where you've just been wowed by them? 
I, I wrote one down. It was a design thinking conference that was in Amsterdam. And there was, uh, I must be fair, I forgot her name, but it was about, about doing all kinds of energizers and using creativity. And there were like 150 people in the room. And there was so much fun, but really organized and really structured at the same time. And that switched in very positive way from really serious to that in, in literally in seconds. And that still struck me because it was like by doing and giving the right instructions in the right way, it really, everybody got on their feet and everybody was in the zone within, literally within seconds. And Susanna, do you have any examples? Yeah, so linking a little bit uh, to what Arnold was saying about David, the capability of actually connecting with others online. There's one thing uh, I remember, it was a facilitator who I think vulnerability, like your ability of actually being vulnerable helps people connect with you. So sharing experiences, not just about what went really well, but also about what went wrong so that people can learn from that and being very open about that. that that's hard to do, even more online when you have large audiences and not everybody has their cameras on. And I, not long ago, saw someone uh, facilitating a session, an informal session with other facilitators. And it was just to experiment with some different formats. But I quite liked, we were 50 people on the call and his capability of managing everyone. He was just one facilitator and being vulnerable throughout and very upfront about, and, and, and upfront and not just that honest as well about what was working and what was not and addressing those in a very open way. I think it really connected that uh, emotional connection that Arnold was talking about and made the session in the end, even with the bumps that it had run and, and end up in a very high note because everybody felt really connected, really engaged. That was a very interesting thing that I took out of it. So the ability of being vulnerable and how hard that is to do uh, online, I think. Yeah, absolutely. If we now move on to looking more directly at the facilitation courses that you both run, and at this point it's worth pointing out to any new listeners that the Design Thinkers Academy London has been running a variety of design thinking and facilitation courses for a number of years now. Then in 2020, a lot of those courses were then made available to take online for the first time, taught in live sessions by the various expert coaches. This includes both the design thinking facilitation course and the facilitation mastery course. And they were both converted into online courses that are available now. If we start with the online design thinking facilitation course, what's it about and um, who is this course exactly for? So the course is for anyone who has some basic understanding of design thinking and wants to start actually running some small sessions themselves. So trying to facilitate small groups um, through the, the methods. And it's really focused on developing the facilitation skills in session. So how do you actually guide people through the methods so that you can actually get to an outcome? So get everybody to co-create something and get to an outcome together. And the way we run it is we share a little bit of theory front around facilitation skills and around uh, critical facilitation choices and what, what impact those choices have while you are facilitating. And afterwards, we have several rounds of practice where people put those, those skills in practice and they get feedback from the coaches and from the other participants. And they also get a chance to observe other people in the session facilitate the, the methods so they can also see how different styles and different choices can impact the energy in the room and the outcomes differently. 
Arnold, would you like to add something to that? We just delivered a session not long ago together, so. Yeah, I think it's also, uh, there's a part where the framework is provided on how to design the session itself. So, uh, which is, is a good way of thinking, how do you prepare and how then, how do you execute? And it's also good to look like what was your original plan versus what you did. And, and then it is also how you use or how you work with the methods. Because what we often see is that we think, or you think that you know how a method works, but when people start teaching it, it sometimes is not always that clear. So part of it is as well understanding uh, how the methods work for you and how to make them work for you. So I think that those are also two elements. We cover also a little bit the energizers. It's also important how to do that and how to do that online. And we've seen some really fun ones coming around. So I, that's the part I like. See, I like a bit the fun part, but I try not to overdo it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those are, are some elements that come also uh, out of facilitation course. Yeah, I think Arnold touched there on a critical point. So many times people feel that there should be a recipe. They just follow all the bullet points that we give on how to run a method. But that's not really how things should work. If you're a good facilitator, you know how to actually change the slightly the instructions in a way that works for the group you have, for the number of people that you have. How can you change your approach if something is not working? So we don't offer upfront a recipe for how to run each one of the methods. We offer some guidance, but then what we want really to see is how do people take that guidance and make it work for them and for the group they have. And if they face any challenges in session, then how do they uh, overcome those challenges? How do they flex their style or their plan to, to make it work? Yeah, because I think practically what you see is that, as Susanna said, there is some theory, but everybody gets two opportunities to facilitate. And um, that's either as a lead facilitator or as a co-facilitator. So that means in, in kind of that somebody else takes the lead and they do the second part of a, of a, of a session. And I think that really helps then to, um, to, to, to take in the feedback after the first session and test something new out or improve. And I, we, we've seen an enormous progress for people going through that cycle. So that approach or that possibility to, to do a second session really makes it, I think, valuable for the participants or uh, for the facilitators to get more out of that. And on top of that, you see everybody else facilitating. And because you see that so often, it really helps to see like, hey, I like that of that that facilitator, I like that style. Oh, and hey, he or she does this method in this way. That's interesting. And that's, and it's that reflection that really builds as well the, the, the understanding and the capability to become a better facilitator. Nice. And this is all possible because the course is taught live alongside you as coaches using Zoom and Mural. Yeah, so we leverage uh, Mural as a visual collaboration tool online where the methods, uh, the methods templates are and where people add their input in stickies and etc. And we leverage Zoom for the conversation, the voice and the video. And uh, so what we do is we split the participants into smaller groups of six and then each group is assigned a coach who will be always with a group. And then they will work in pairs, as Arnold was saying, to prepare uh, sessions. So facilitating and co-facilitating methods together. So they can also learn and, and see how, how can they, by working together, prepare a session and leverage each other's strengths. 
And, and the unique element, and that is what we also have taken out of our uh, offline courses, is, is the direct feedback after you facilitate it. So after you facilitate it, we have created a structure to kind of accommodate the, the feedback. All the people that you have facilitated give direct feedback and you can ask them questions. Said, hey, what do you think? Uh, did you think of how I handled this? Or uh, was it clear when I asked you to do this certain activity? And, and that discussion or that dialogue makes it really, really powerful. And then as, as you already said, there is a coach or a facilitator or a trainer with every group that kind of makes, uh, as an observer, provides a separate set of input. And that makes it even stronger. So you get feedback from the people you facilitated plus the person observing you. So you get kind of a, a, like a, a direct level and a meta level at the same time. That's at least what we're trying to do. Wonderful. And if you could give, if, the, if you had one sentence, if you could say in one sentence why someone should go on the online facilitation course, could you do it? I know one sentence could be hard for you, Arnaud, but is it possible? <laughs> I want to see that. Arnaud, go for it. <laughs> the online facilitation course helps you to become a, a better facilitator by understanding yourself and learning from others at the same time. You did it. Brilliant. <laughs> I, feel, I feel heavily frustrated I want to say more but I kept it limited to one phrase <laughs> Gianna do you have one or should we move on to advanced online facilitation no 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 I want to hear Susanna as well come on hey, <laughs> you made me sweat, sweat now I want to hear it from Susanna too um, so there is actually one, one sentence that if they get that at the end of the course I would be really happy which is facilitation is not just about doing but it's a lot also about being and what we try to do is to help people understand who are they as a facilitator and build on their strengths. I think I know. You started really good and then you start to extend. And on to, um, to finish, let's look at the advanced facilitation course as well. So how is this online course different to the facilitation course? So while the facilitation course really focuses on what you do in session, so guiding the participants through the tools, making sure that they are inspired, engaged, and that, that they understand the, the user. In advanced facilitation, we really focus on helping people understand all the best practices uh, and, and structure as well, the way in how they plan a workshop and run the workshop and do the follow-up of the workshop. So it's like one step higher so while in facilitation course, we have like a, a macro view on the facilitation skills here, we're taking a step back and seeing everything that happens beyond the session itself. So before, during and after. So we have a structure which is uh, based on what we used to do uh, in person as well, but we're shifting some content because online, as Arnold also said, it's a little bit different in terms of how you plan the sessions. You have less flexibility as well, so you have a lot of thinking that needs to be done ahead in terms of the planning of the session, the planning of the participant splits, in terms of the planning of the methods and templates that you're using, because it's much harder online to actually switch things during the session. So the, the content is still based on the same structure, on the key blocks of, of things that you need to consider, but we're focusing on some specific aspects that you need to be aware of online. 
Yeah, if I, if I may add to that, so it's if you look at facilitation, the normal training, there's a lot learned by doing and there's some reflection, but I think the focus in the advanced is more focusing on, on, on more reflection, being a, more aware what your style is, more aware how you should design the session. So it's all going a level, uh, one or two levels deeper. So it's also really thinking, hey, this is your style. There maybe are some assessments that we apply to understand like, hey, this is my style. What is the effect of your style? And the other, the normal facilitation course, it's really like, hey, this is our some methods. This is how you best teach them. Um, this is how we suggest you plan and plan them. Well, this is more thinking like, hey, there are other methods as well. These are some of the other methods that we offer. Uh, you have to choose what are the benefits for some of that. So designing really on a more higher level. So not only on the specific methods, but on the full session. And then as a, as, as a facilitator yourself, hey, what is the impact of your style and your biases on the way you facilitate and how can you elevate that and use the, that to your advantage? Exactly. And we, we uh, actually have the sessions with some time in between, so they're not back to back, so that it actually allows people that time for reflecting between sessions so that they can take what that we shared in one session put it uh, in their context, try some things out, and then come back with clarifying questions, sharing back their experiences, and etc. So we did it in, in on purpose so that we can have that time for reflection in between course as well. And so are people bringing their own projects to you to work on in the course? So ideally, we'd like them to actually apply the learnings of the course in their own context and projects. So that's the intention of the course, so that they can actually see how does it work for them, identify some challenges. So the guidance that will be provided is hoping that people will take the time to actually try and put things in practice. So we will also expect that the participants bring their own projects with them and say, hey, I am here, I have this challenge, so that there is room for that discussion. So like, hey, I'm in the ideation phase, or I'm here in this part of the double diamond, so we can have that more in-depth discussion. And, and therefore, we'll, we'll, we are able to cover the whole process, but therefore we'll focus more, I think, on the specific needs of the participants, uh, where we maybe emphasize some of the parts which are more relevant to them. Mm. So it's a far more tailored experience in many ways. Yes. With, with that in mind, who, who do you think would benefit most from this course? Like, who is this course directly for? So it's for people who already attended some kind of formal training in facilitation skills. They need to understand very well the methods, why do you need the methods, when are they most useful, and who actually want to learn the best practices in terms of planning, delivering, and following up on a session. Yeah, for me, it's indeed, it's for people that has, have uh, some experience or quite some experience who feel they know it all, then I would challenge them to come because I, we can show them that they don't know it all. Uh, and it's also for people that are realizing that, that they know the, I would say the standard methods and want to start like thinking about the next level. What can I do? What can I do else? It doesn't always mean another method, but maybe I can use it in another way. Uh, and I think they will learn a lot from this course because they will, will learn to reflect on the actual design on how to use methods. And we also show some other, I would say, less, less standard methods as well, give them a different perspective. Yeah, definitely. For example, in scoping the challenge and et cetera, there are some methods that are quite useful there. And that's part of the preparation for a workshop, for example. And Finish, if you could sum up why someone should take this course in one sentence again. 
So the, the advanced facilitation course is really helping you to discover your own style, learn the benefits and the, uh, the strengths of it and how to make most of that to become an even better facilitator. Brilliant. I would say the advanced facilitation is to learn the best practices and all the key pitfalls of running a session in design thinking. Thanks to Susanna and Arnold for that podcast. If you're interested in joining one of the Design Thinkers Academy London facilitation courses, you can find out more at www.designthinkersacademy.co.uk. There you will find information on all of our various design thinking courses, as well as our design thinking blogs and all of our other design thinking podcasts. Thank you for listening today and stay tuned for another podcast coming soon.